Hallelujah. We got to allow some space for brokenness in our life, church. Because that, if you really want to get closer to God, it's going to take that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's going to take some brokenness in you. God loves us. He don't do nothing to harm us, amen, or, 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 or hold us back. Every Listen to this. Everything that God does or allows in your life, He does it to propel you closer to Him. Hallelujah. Stop and think about this. Stop and think. How many people do you know Never made a move to come to God, never come to church, wouldn't come to the altar until Jesus broke something in their life. Maybe they had to attend a funeral of somebody close to them. It would break them. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, those of you who, who, who believe in soul winning, that's a right time Amen. To go after somebody for the name of Jesus. If they're experiencing something that's broken. Because I'm going to tell you something. The broken things, listen to this. The broken things are closer to God than anybody else. Or anything else. Hallelujah. So the, he blessed the bread. Then he broke the bread. I've been blessed in my life. I've been broken in my life. I already told you, I love the blessing, sister, and I didn't like the breakage. Hallelujah. But I have learned that that breaking is necessary for me, for my spiritual well-being in the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. That's part right there finished up what I was talking about this morning and didn't get to tell you about. I want to get to the second and the last part of this message and I want to talk a little bit about the danger of human doubt. The danger of human doubt. God wants to have that God factor put in your life. Amen. That, thing, that part of God that, that completely changes the equation. Hallelujah. He wants to do that. But there's something that always fights against that. And we, we talked this morning about the human factor and the God factor. And the biggest issue with the human factor is doubt, unbelief. That's the biggest part of the human factor that holds us back and gaining any grounds in God. And I want to talk a little bit about that tonight. Amen. When things look the bleakest. And all hope seems to have went out the door that when if we, um, uh, that, uh, it, when if we implement the God factor, the impossible becomes reality. But the human factor, listen to this now, the human factor never gives God, the God factor, its proper dues. Can you hear me? Hallelujah. The human factor... Never gives the God factor its proper dues. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, you, you ever felt like that you, uh, uh, you didn't get what you deserved? Maybe on the job or, or, or something, you know? You, you, you thought, well, you know, 
uh, this and that and everything happened, and I've tried this so hard and done this, and I'm just, I'm just not receiving what I feel like is due me, you know? Come on. Hallelujah. And I don't feel like I'm getting, getting the right recognition. Amen. Uh, amen. And, 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 and that's what I'm talking about with uh, the, the God factor, the human factor, that part that works within us, that part, the carnal mind that's an enemy against God, it never does give the God factor the proper dues. Hallelujah. It creates enough doubt in my mind and your mind to whereas God is not able to work. Now, I'm going to give you a, one of the best examples about the danger of doubt, and there is danger of doubt. Anytime you begin to entertain doubt, you better, let me tell you something, you better do everything you can to get that out of your thoughts. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. When, when, when doubt betra- begins to try to come in, and something inside you says, well, you know, they ain't going to never get right, or this ain't going to never get healed, or this ain't going to happen, and that ain't going That negativity will kill out the God factor and not allow the God factor to come in because, remember, it's the God factor that turns things around. Hallelujah. It's the God factor that changes things. Second Kings chapter 7, the first and second verse, I want to read and tell you a little story. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord, which when I looked that up and found it was, it was, uh, it was one of the king's captains, then a Lord on which the hand of the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be. And he said, Elisha doing the talking now, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. Hallelujah. Elisha told him, he says, you're going to see this thing happen for sure. But because of your doubt, you're not going to be able to partake of it. Oh, my. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the danger, the danger of human doubt. Allowing the human factor take over and let the human factor rule us in our mind and the way that we think. Now, I realize maybe for, for several of I need to catch, catch you up to speed on what's happening here because uh, we just picked up in the middle of something here uh, in Second Kings. So allow me to, uh, to give you just a little information to bring you up to speed on what's going on. Uh, there, was, uh, there was another king, a foreign king by the name of Benadad, and he was the king of Syria. And he had massed a great army and completely surrounded Samaria. Now, Samaria sat on a hill, and uh, the city itself had a wall around it. And that's the way most of the cities and towns was. They all built walls back then. I mean, you know, remember about the walls of Jericho, you know. That was one of their major lines of defense. Amen, was, was, was the walls. 
uh, that protected the city. Well, here come this heathen king from a foreign country. He had gotten a whole big army. Now, you've got to go back to the, to the sixth chapter and read through the sixth chapter of Second Kings and all the seventh chapter uh, to read up everything on this story. It, it's, a, it's a great story, and it'll tell you something. They had sur- completely surrounded what they called the siege of city, and they just came there, and when they saw all that army, they locked the gates and the doors, and they just barricaded themselves in the city. Well, the walls was tall and they were strong. They said, man, we're going to hold out here. But something began to happen after days turned into weeks and weeks turned into months. The problem was all the food and all the farming was outside the city walls. Hallelujah. When they closed the gates and they got boxed uh, inside with that army, once they ate all the storehouse food that they had inside, there was no more. And things begin to really get sticky. Hallelujah. That was another thing that happened a lot when, well, when a uh, an army wanted to take over a city, they would besiege it, and they would do that because you wouldn't find nobody. There wouldn't be no sm- small uh, gardens inside the city gates. It was all city. It was people living in buildings and stuff. They would go outside the gates to till the land, to raise the food and everything, and bring it in. So when they besieged the city, amen, it, it boxed them in. Hallelujah. The story tells us, Starvation, Brother Paul, got so bad that they 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 was even, they they settled they they started eating donkey heads. If if somebody had a donkey that died because they weren't able to feel, and they, they'd eat up all the rest of the donkey, and, and the head was considered the worst part of the donkey, and they would t- they, they would cut that old head off, and they would throw it in a pot of water and boil it, amen, make some kind of soup out of it. And the Bible said, think about this, that the uh, things got so bad in the city that the head of a donkey would cost two whole pounds of silver. Pay two whole, I'm not talking about ounces, I'm talking about pounds of silver just for a donkey's head. The people were so hungry. They were starving. (coughs) Then it also said, and what is equal to about a half a pint of dove's dung or dove droppings would cost two ounces of silver. They would take the droppings off of a dove and pat it together and make some kind of cake out of that. I'm going to tell you something. You know, when, when you really get hungry, people in America, for the most part, they don't know what it is to get hungry. All the time I hear people say, well, man, i got to go get something to eat. I'm starving. Oh, you're not starving. How We don't know what starving is in America. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Curtis has been to some places around the world. I'm pretty sure he's he's seen some starvation. Hallelujah. We are blessed in this country. But I mean, but that, the donkey head and the dove's dung was not, not, not as bad. One day, Sister Tina, the king of Samaria was out 
And there was a woman started calling out to him and said, Oh, king, please help us. Help us. Help me. The king said, How in the world can I help you? He says, We're shut in here like this and everybody's starving. What is it? The people in the city, and this is true, the people in the city got so hungry and they were starving so much that they turned to cannibalism. And they were two women lived together. And some, uh, some Bible scholars, if you look it up, said that they, um, uh, they were probably harlots. And I, I don't know for sure the Bible don't say that, but that's what some Bible scholars say. And both of them, the, both of them had a, had, a child, had a child about the size of a toddler. And one of, them, one of them women talked to them and says, Look, we're about to die of starvation. You take your child and kill him and boil him, and we'll eat him today, and tomorrow we'll take mine. Somebody had to be pretty hungry, didn't they? Yeah, think about it. You know, I don't know how much you study American history, but uh, out west going through the Rocky Mountains, uh, there, there's a pass called uh, uh, the Donovan's Pass. And... Uh, uh, way back there, when when people were were headed headed east uh, headed west, uh, this uh, uh, the Donovan party they got stuck in a huge snowstorm, and they just about starved to death, and people were dying, and uh, they got to the point and and, and the place they, they they made a movie about it one time, uh, that uh, they would uh, the people would die after after a while they would. Find, find the, the graves where they were buried in the snow and they'd dig it up and they, uh, they would eat their, their loved ones. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't, I, I, don't know what that's, I don't know what that's like. I don't know what starvation like that is. I don't know. But anyway, these two women, and, and, and that first one did. She killed her, her child and they boiled it and they ate it. But the next day, that other woman, she backed out of the deal. And so she was calling out to the king, please help me. And she told him all the story. And the situation that they were in, the people were starving to death. So that's what was going on when this happened right here, when uh, Elisha come along. Hallelujah. In the middle of all this misery, the prophet Elijah shows up and he implements the God factor. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God come on the scene right before the whole city was going to be wiped out of starvation. Elijah comes up and he implements the God factor, which miraculously turned things around. And But when Elijah got there, he began to prophesy. And he prophesied, he said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the word of the Lord, tomorrow about this same time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. And this one guy, one of the lords of the king, which was a captain, amen, a part of his army, amen, he brought in the human factor and he brought in doubt. He said, if God opened all the windows of heaven, could this kind of, well, my, you, you're talking about selling flyer this cheap. Where is flyer anyway? We don't have no flyer. He allowed his flesh to take over. And because he allowed his flesh to take over, 
even though the God factor stepped in and saved the city, he was not saved. Because the prophet told him, Thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shall not eat thereof. Now, they were looking at a situation that was impossible. Wasn't no way in the world. They, they were buying donkey heads one day and having to you know, give as much as uh, that many pounds of silver for a donkey head. And now you tell and, and women, uh, some women killing their own kids and boiling them and eating them. And you tell me the very next day, uh, we're going to have fine flour right there at the gate of Samaria for that cheap? He didn't believe it. He couldn't receive it. So the prophet said, you're going you're gonna to see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat thereof. Now, I want to do a little bit more reading. I'm gonna, I want you to see what goes on here. 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 3, uh, 3 uh, through 7. 2 Kings chapter 7, 3 through 7. Now there were four leprous men. Now, this is a story. I know you've heard this, heard many people, preachers preach on this. Four lepers at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, Why are we sitting here till we die? If we say we'll enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we're going to die there. And if we sit here, we're going to die also. Now therefore come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. Go down to their camp where they're camped out. That, that's where the food is. That's where all the provisions are. There ain't nothing in the city. And here we sitting here. If we sat here, we're going to die. If we go in the, go in the city, here, here's the thing, folks. We got some apostolic people sitting on the pews to the die. Come on. Hallelujah. You're going to have to move one way or the other. We're going to have to do something because as long as you keep seeking, you're going to sit there and waste away and dry up on the vine. Hallelujah. Somewhere along the line, I've got to get enough guts and gumption and faith, Brother, uh, uh, Brother Curtis, to make a move for God. And quit looking about the situation. Quit worrying about, amen, how big you're, like what we, you hear this all the time now, amen. Listen, quit, quit uh, 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 telling everybody how big your problem is and start telling your problem how big your God is. If you don't, you're going to sit there and die. So these lepers, they were sitting outside the city because, you know, of those who were found to be leprosy, they had to be uh, so many feet away from everybody else. And when somebody got uh, the law required and somebody got close to them, they, they'd have to holler out unclean, unclean. And, uh, and, and, but I'm, I'm not talking about leprosy tonight or whatever. But there they, they, there they was. And so they said, well, come on, we've got to do something. We're, we're going to die. So they get up, and they start moving towards the Syrian camp. And remember, they didn't know nothing about the prophecy that Elisha had prophesied that night before. They, didn't, they, they wasn't in the city. They didn't hear that. Hallelujah. Then, uh, verse, uh, verse 6 says, For the Lord, uh, well, let me back up just a little bit, and verse 5, And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. That was the enemy. That's the ones that was gathered all around the city and where they couldn't get out and do nothing. Hallelujah. Now look at this. Look at this God factor stepped in here. Hallelujah. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, Look, 
the king of Israel has hired against us kings of the Hittites and kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore, they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp in tank, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. Woo-hoo! I have a God factor right there. Think about that. Here was the enemy camped around, had everything going for him, had the manpower, had, had everything. And when Elisha made the prophecy, it was impossible for the people inside the city. But when Elisha made that prophecy, the God factor come in. Oh, hallelujah. God allowed that enemy to hear some kind of noise that they thought was chariots coming from Egypt or somewhere. Scared them to death. Hallelujah. Hey, don't never run from the devil. Hallelujah. Amen. Let the God factor take over. Amen. And God will let the devil uh, uh, think he's hearing something that ain't there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Think about that. Think about that. Hallelujah. The God factor. Hallelujah. They got so scared, Brother Bobby, they got up and they left everything. Left it all. All the animals, their tents, all their provisions, all that food. Left it. They were running for their lives and there wasn't even nothing to run from. Hallelujah. Oh, can't you see what the church of Jesus Christ is capable of doing with that Holy Ghost power church? If we're willing to just to plug into it by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me finish. I want to read this because this is so good. Hallelujah. Therefore they rose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. Now jump down to verse 17. 2 Kings 7 and 17. Now the king had appointed the officer on whose hand he had leaned. That's, that's talking about that captain, the one that was there. He wasn't much, he sure wasn't much of a soldier, was he? He wasn't had the enemy, had his city boxed up, and instead of him having his army out there trying to fight and attack the enemy to keep everybody from He's over there leaning. He's, he's, he's leaning, amen, on the king's side. Come on. Hallelujah. And he's the one that had the human factor come in, the doubt come in. It's always the one that's not doing what they should be, shouldn't, uh, should be doing who lets the doubt come in and take them over. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, just, just hiding there by, by the king. Reminds me of uh, uh, my wife's little chihuahua. That little, that little man, that, that chihuahua will bark and growl and make you, make you try, try to make you think he is a pit bull. Amen. <laughs> He'd get after me sometime and chase me, and I'll go along with him, you know, and uh, make it like I'm scared of him. And finally says, okay, boy, I've... And I clap my, I've had it with you. I'm going to get you right now, and I'm going to turn you every which way. You know what he does? He cuts a trail to where Darlene's at, and he gets up on her coattail. Like he's saying, Mama, protect me. Amen. The Bible says, if you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. He'll flee from you. Hallelujah. Let's, now the king had appointed the officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. 
Remember what uh, Elisha's prophecy was to him? He says that more about this time, he said, you're going to find all that fine flour. Where at? At the gate? He said, well, if even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven, how could this thing be? Elisha says, you'll see it. You'll never eat a bit of it. So when these four lepers went to the Syrian camp, and they had their fill, and they, and they told them, says, you know what, God has blessed us. We, we don't need to just sit here and partake all this ourselves. We need to go back to the town and let them know about it. Because then people, oh, <laughs> oh, I felt something connect me in the spirit right then. Glory to God. They said, we have been blessed with all these provisions. Says, what, what in the world are we doing? If we sit here and keep all this to ourselves, ain't no telling what's going to befall us. We need to go back and let all those starving people in the city know what's just out there. And here we, apostolic people, been blessed with the truth, Brother Darrell. We've been blessed with the power of the Holy Ghost, the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And some of us want to sit right in the middle of it all and hog all the blessings ourselves and not go tell it. Hallelujah. And not let somebody else know about it. Amen. It don't matter where you're afraid that they'll laugh at you or afraid of this or afraid of that, but trying to keep it to yourself. God does not give his blessings so we can hoard it. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. God don't pour out his blessings so we can just take it all. He said, freely I give you. He said, what? Freely give. Freely give. Hallelujah. So those four lepers went back to the city, and they told him, and so the king says, he told that, uh, that, that one captain, the one that was hiding under his skirt, he says, you go down there to that gate, and I'm going to put you in charge. <laughs> Glory to God. Listen, maybe I'll finish. Every time I start reading, I stop. Maybe I'll finish it this time. I'm getting by like Brother Bobby on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Now, now the king had appointed the officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. He said, you're going you're gonna to keep the gate there. We're going to open up and we're going to let the people get out. But the people trampled him in the gate and he died just as the man of God had said, who spoke when the king came down to him. The danger of human doubt. God's word came through. This man, this Lord, this captain, he saw what God was able to do when the God factor stepped in. But because he allowed doubt to enter in, even though he saw it, he couldn't partake of it. My, my, my. To me, that is so powerful. Implementation of the God factor. That, this whole story would be good for you the coming week in your own Bible reading. Go back. You need to back up into the sixth chapter and read everything. And it's, it's, really, it's really amazing. I, there's an awful whole lot in there that I didn't bring out in this message. I wouldn't have enough time to bring it out. But uh, no matter what you got to go through, church, no matter what you have to face, yes, you alone, you by yourself, things could be impossible. No way for you, no way for you to pay that particular bill that's coming due. No, 
no way for you to uh, get out of this situation, that situation. But that's why we want to get the God factor at work. Because God, when we get the God factor at work, it turns everything around. Turns everything around. I said it this morning. And those of you that are home folks, you've been with us for, for so long, you know that what we've got right here was impossibility for us to be able to get. Look at your neighbor and say, but God. <laughs> a lot of you have been saying that for a long time, but God. See, that's what the God factor is, but God. But God. Hallelujah. He come in. He turned it around. Let's all stand together. I'm going to step on the keyboard, and we're going to do a little worship right here. If anybody needs prayer, we're going to give you that opportunity. Hallelujah. But I, I, I want to keep faith.